Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday. I know it's not the greatest news, but listen, we're here for you. Claude's here for you. Jax is here for you. Turd is here for you. It's going to be okay. Turd is here. Yeah, it's another Monday, but we're here to help you through. It's going to be a great show. In Florida, it's like cozy weather today. Mm. So I'm wondering, I have to ask myself the big question. I couldn't help but wonder, should I make a chili? Well, I'm scarred for, you know, a good amount of time before I allow another chili in my home, given Beansgate last week. I mean, I had experienced Chiligate back in December, which kind of turned me off to chili for a while. If you know, you know, patrons will remember. But it's March, and I haven't had a chili since December. I feel like I might be ready for one. I will never discourage anyone from making a chili. You want to know why? It feeds the soul. It's so nourishing. It's so nourishing. It feeds a family for quite some time. Mm -hmm. You throw it in the freezer. You always have leftovers. It makes your home smell good. I'll never discourage literally any sort of effort to make a chili. Yeah, and like now that I just drive every day because I'm just Mm -hmm. like a driver, I could just go and get my ingredients. Isn't that so fun like the freedom that having a license gives you like you were a prisoner up until this point I know I actually might get another manicure today because this one is chipping she's crazy because it wasn't very good and now I'm just gonna like have a manicure every week again crazy oh you know I took an uber yesterday and I was chatting with my driver lovely man and he was really asking questions about Theo um and he was telling me that the Tesla it was a Tesla uber sorry I forgot that important uh, fact He was telling me that the Tesla has a dog mode. So like, you know, you're not supposed to leave kids or dogs in cars alone. But if you need to run in somewhere and Bruno's with you, Tesla has a dog mode that like saves the energy of the car, but circulates the air, turns the screen off so they can't touch anything. You should check it out. Oh, I should. That's good to know. I love hearing like positive, fun things about the Tesla because always non-Tesla drivers are like, haters. Tesla's doing this and Tesla's doing that. It's like... You're just not a part of the club, so. Yeah, no. I'd be pressed to. Yeah, no, you're hating from outside the club. Yeah, because so far, just a little Tesla update. I've had it for a few weeks, but then it was like I had to get my charger installed, waiting for the electrician. He didn't have a part, blah, blah, blah. But it's with, what is with nobody ever having parts? Nobody has the right parts. If they have the Whether part. Whether they come to fix the oven, like anything, it's like, oh, we got to order the part. Well, it's like, no, why it's don't, like, we brought the part, but we brought the wrong part. Wrong part, always. Like, where are the parts? No, it's always the wrong part. But now it's been like a week of having charger. My charger is charging on my Tesla. And it's been an amazing experience so far. Okay, good. So far, I'm so happy with my decision. I need to like, oh my God, something's so annoying, which I'm going to figure out. It's like you have driver profiles. So like 
when you come, you could like set up a little profile and the steering wheel and the seat and the, what's the other thing? The windows will be mm-hmm. uh, attuned to you. But then like it logs me out of Spotify when I made my profile. And so every time I get in the car, I log into Spotify. And then every time I get in the car again, like I'm logged out. And it's like, I was listening to the radio this weekend. It was all commercials. It was torture. Oh, yeah. And Harry was in the car with me and he was like, mom. This is bullshit. This is unacceptable. I need some smooth tunes. I was like, I know. He needs some smooth jazz. Yeah, like I don't want to be listening to these chaotic fucking radio commercials. How is Harry? I really, this is one of the longest I've gone without seeing seeing him. When was the last time I was at your house? Like January. When were you at my house even? January. February. No, right before I went to LA, January. No, 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 you were here in February. Okay, well, it still feels like a really long time. But what were you here for in February? Was it the surprise? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The that surprise was the, week. Yeah, I really, like, I'm, I'm struggling. Every morning I wake up and I'm like, what if I just got on a flight? What if you just, like, we would love to have you. Harry would love to see you. He's really been <sighs> craving so antiquoia and energy. I really, like, I'm obsessed. I really miss him. And, and Kayla needs me. They all, Bruno needs you. Bruno needs Theo. Bruno needs me. He doesn't need Theo. He needs me. Yeah, no, but he needs to, like, jockey for, he needs the competition, you know? He needs to be kept on his yeah. toes. He's getting a little too comfortable. And I know. No, it's just, like, he likes that rivalry. Every couple of weeks, like, I get this itch, you know, to see my family. It's very normal of me. And actually, my itch was, exasperated this weekend while I was so alone I was alone all weekend and on Friday night I was just like I should have made plans like for when I forget like when Ben's out of town I'm always like oh it'll be nice I'll have the place to myself and I'll read and take a bath and like you know I never do that you read and take a bath and and then what like those like 15 minutes yeah and I spiral and like on Friday night I was so lonely like next level lonely um and then I opened my phone and like you and Olivia are like having a barbecue and we're outside and the kids and Zach's flipping burgers and I was like these people are disgusting and I like was spiraling on Friday night you want to know how desperate I got I started to watch Daisy Jones and the Six that should tell you everything you need to know and were we right well you know I hated that book like and everyone loved it I hated it and comparatively to the book, I'm enjoying the show more. I don't think it's very good. I think um, there are some really good moments from it. Like I think Cami Marone is a star. Like the show is, and in the book, her character, you're like, you kind of hate her because you're like, she's the other woman, you know? Yeah. She's like, an, this, she's like this obstacle. But in the show, she's like the cornerstone of the band like she's the glue and she's such a good actress I don't think I've ever seen her in anything and this is definitely like a major breakout role for her she's excellent Suki Waterhouse who plays Karen the drummer keyboard keyboard she's incredible a lot of people were saying that Suki Waterhouse should have dyed her hair red and been cast as Daisy because she's really like electric but the two main stars Billy Dunn and Daisy Jones I am enormously disappointed in I think, I don't know if it's Riley Keough or like the way that they created the Daisy Jones character, but in the book, Daisy Jones is like this wild, electric, red hair, like everyone is drawn to her. She's like this wild girl and she like 
you know, she wins people over with her electricity, right? She's yeah. like electric. Yeah, but she's also like the most beautiful, the most talented, like the voice is like silk, you know. None of that is coming through, like whatsoever. I don't know if we're supposed to like Daisy. She seems like kind of off. I don't know if it's bad acting. I don't know if it's bad character development from like the show and the script. It's not good, the character. And then Billy is so miscast. He's so old. Everyone, it's supposed to be like these young, crazy kids. He looks 45. Um... I don't think he's classically handsome enough for the role. He's supposed to be this like all American rock star, young kid, not working. Um, so the two main characters are kind of like flopping. And I think some of the supplemental people in the band who are kind of irrelevant in the book are really carrying the show. I'm only on episode five. It's not great. It's fine. I think a lot of people are liking it who like loved the book and just are excited to see the book come to life. And in a lot of ways, the visuals of the TV show are kind of how I pictured the book. You know, they're living in this house together, L.A., you know, 60s, Laurel Canyon, Hollywood Hills. They did get a lot of the aesthetic it's right. It's not hard to get right. Like, it was very yeah. clear what it was in the book. Um, but it's not great. It's not great. That sounds exactly like I expected. I, I didn't find the casting to be on no, point and, enough And you know what? Me. Riley Keough being Elvis's granddaughter is not enough to carry her in this role. Like it, it's a, it's like, it's exciting and it adds another element of like rock and roll, but it's not enough. No, I didn't think so either. It's just like a fun It wasn't fact. right. No. And I, a lot of people were saying Miley Cyrus should have been Daisy Jones. And you know what? I really Ooh, could see it. That's good. Yeah, because I said on my stories, I like wasn't thrilled with how it turned out. And people were like, well, who do you want to be Daisy Jones? Like, I'm complaining. Come up with a better solution. And I didn't have any. But then people started suggesting what they thought. And a lot of people said Miley Cyrus. Oh, my God, for sure. Because she really is at her core an actress. A lot of no, people No, and she that. is that like Stevie Nicks vibe. That's really yes. how she's branded herself. Is like a modern, you know, she's always covering like... Joan Jett. Yeah, but she, that's... Daisy Jones and the Six is meant to be like Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood like Mac. Miley. Yeah, no, it was a really good call. Damn, that's so annoying when that happens. It's like, you fucked up and it's too late. I will say, though, the song that's like, you know, the song. There's a bunch of songs, but there's the one, Honeycomb. I'm really enjoying. Oh, really? Like, what did we get here? Hey, working out. It's a really good song. It does really sound like Fleetwood Mac. Damn, that I'm, it would be like, I'm sad to miss out on like good music and a show that's like a musical show is good. Not only do I not have the time, even if I did, it's so far down on the list of you things wouldn't like that peak my interest. You would not interest. like it. No, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, I actually liked the book and this doesn't look like a show I would enjoy. Yeah, um, but I, that is like a a plus in their column. That song is so good. I think Marcus Mumford wrote Marcus it. Marcus Mumford is, and Maren Morris, Maren Morris are on the album. So like that makes sense. How did we get here? I don't know the words, but every time it comes on, because it's like, it's the song that blew them up. I'm always like in my bed with the shoulder. And It's good. That's good. That's really reassuring. And because I was so bored, I also watched um, something I've been wanting to do for a while. 1923, one of the Yellowstone prequels. I didn't watch like the 1883. I should watch them in chronological order, but like it doesn't really matter. Um, have you seen it? No. Okay, I won't spoil anything. It's good. It's good. You know, I like Yellowstone better. Um, love to see Michelle Randolph out there shaking her thang. What a beauty. Yeah. What a beauty. She's perfect for the role. She's supposed to be this like young, wild, like beautiful girl. And she's Daisy just perfect Jones. for it. Yeah, literally. Um, it's good. I... 
I don't know why I'm like five episodes in and I still have to reference the family tree. They're making it so complicated for who is who, like, and who's, who's the son and who's the uncle and who's the daughter. It is so motherfucking confusing. Damn. I, just, I had to screenshot the family tree and I'm referencing it every episode. Got it. Got it. I haven't seen it yet. And realistically, I probably am not going to watch it just because of like timing and life yeah. and th- life happens. And I never finished 1886 just because of life. Like I, I, 1883. I liked it when I was watching it, but I, apparently not enough to finish it. That's the barometer. Like, oh, it's good, but I didn't finish it. So was it really ever? No, that and it's good? like, I know they, they do make it to Montana and they put down roots right. and they have a long, illustrious life there. Yeah. So I know how it ends. Um, so that is what I watched this weekend. Most of the time I was on my phone stalking the Eras Tour right. opening night, which is why I'm wearing my Taylor sweatshirt today from the bar. Um, so I'm on the bar PR list, but I didn't get the Taylor sweatshirt. And this isn't me like saying it so that I get them because like it's okay. But it's like, is Bridget enough of a toaster to know that like I'm not that uh, you're kind of a hater. No, I'm literally not a hater. I'm No, you're not a hater. I'm, you're not a, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. A, I'm just like a normal fan. I love Taylor's music. I listen to her albums backwards and forwards. I've actually listened to Midnight's like way more than you. I'm obsessed yep. with it. And I've been a fan since the beginning of her career. I just like she has. have a head on my shoulders and I have a family. You're and not I have a toxic a, Swifty. And I have a career and like I just have things that, you know, keep me busy and then I listen to music you know yeah 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 yeah. yeah. um you have those things too yet you have chosen I prioritize Taylor you have chosen this life of swifty hood because I, I have, think and you, you know what? like to be a part of something I do and it was fun I, I know I said I was like I'm not gonna spoil it whatever and you know what like fuck that like I feel like every time I go to a concert, I've seen a million videos. I know I look up the set list before. So it's like not a spoiler. I mean, it was very exciting on Friday night. Like I was glued to my phone. The Swifties were working tirelessly on TikTok Live, Instagram Live. They kept getting taken down. They were going back up. I watched about the first hour of the show. And then because it was Pacific time, I got tired. Um, And then throughout the weekend, I just kept watching videos. So I'm aware of like the set list, the outfits. I don't think it's going to ruin the magic of when we go for the first time. I, if anything, it got me even more excited. It looked amazing and so randomly like I couldn't really put into words like my thoughts until I saw this video that JJ Watt did um I guess him his wife is a big Swifty and they all went like a bunch of friends him and his wife and he made this video afterwards just like really saying how impressed he was with the show and this is coming from an athlete who like you know, is in amazing shape. And he was like, I was in awe, you know, three hours of nonstop. She didn't stop for one second singing. She didn't stop for one second dancing. Taylor is not one of those artists who like, you know, during the popular part of the song, will let the crowd sing. No, she was on point the entire time doing the choreography, doing the singing, doing the entertaining. She had like two outfit, ch- oh, sorry, she had like 10 outfit changes and those each took like a minute. So she didn't really get any time off. And JJ Watt was just like so impressed with how, you know, even towards the end, she was still giving it a hundred percent. She didn't even look to be a little tired and how impressive that was and it's so true she did a three hour and 15 minute show 44 songs and she gave it her all and it it was perfectly put and I I felt the exact same way and then I also just loved like the randomness of JJ Watt and then JJ Watt was stuck in my brain the entire day I had a dream last night that JJ Watt got the snatchler pregnant what a okay. sweet dream on. It was kind of a dream. Yeah. Obsessed. You know, like he has a really nice wife. I'm not oh. saying I, I'm coming for her. Like they're so happy together. Like I'm not saying anything, but it was just like in my dream. Damn. Um, I just had so many questions for you about that. what you saw. I saw some things sure. too. It looked amazing. Like I saw the breakdown of how many songs in every era. There were some that were more, some that were less, but like it was good for Taylor did what was good for Taylor, what felt true to Taylor. Are there any like famous Swifties? 
You mean famous people who are Swifties or Swifties no. who have become famous? Swifties who have become famous for being Swifties. There are a few. Right now, I would say like one of the more famous Swifties is the guy who invented the Bejeweled dance. Okay. Um, and he did, it's it like, it was like kind of a weird dance. Um, but then everyone just like started doing it and it became like the dance of Bejeweled and Taylor's choreography included that dance so I don't know if he worked with her or he's probably gonna get to what meet do you mean her worked with her it's just walking and turning yeah but like at so like it is someone's choreography and like you do have to like you know acknowledge that I don't even know if you have to pay them for using their choreography that, like that's okay. but like, no it is a thing like Lizzo no, it is a thing but that particular choreography that's one it's of the, choreography. the most low and en- it is the most low energy TikTok dance of all the TikTok dances it doesn't matter. Somebody, st- it's still somebody's original idea, and so Taylor. I, I'm, I'm sure, sure she's, she's like. Good, reached, but that- I'm sure in general she reached out to the person who came up like with the dance for her song to make it viral. But I'm just saying, like taking a few steps and spinning around, like no, I'm. I I know what you're saying, but I'm saying it's still someone's original choreography. Like whatever, however low energy and like minimal it is. Okay. Um, so I would say right now he's the most famous Swifty. I think his name is Michael. He was freaking. Um, but yes, you know, I think it comes in waves because now Taylor's very much in her TikTok era and like the famous Swifties are on TikTok, whereas before they used to be on Tumblr. Got it. So now people are um like getting noticed on on TikTok. Yeah, I follow this girl, Catherine. She's like this really cute high schooler. Like I'm actually she's so like She's just like so normal. Like she's like like lives in a house that's like it literally looks like a like a Netflix show. Like when they just like try and put like a regular teenager. Like yeah. that's what like regular teenagers look like. And she's so cute and she made up a dance. Um and she has like a lot of TikTok followers exclusively as a Swifty. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like and but people who used to get invited to like the red listening rep room. What is it called? A rep room. It was no, reputation room. But also the listening parties. Yeah. Like are those people still like, you know, well, you know, active the, and they are, but the people back in the day who used to get invited to those like secret sessions and stuff, they were not famous Swifties. They were just very loyal, consistent users on social media about Taylor. So it wasn't even like a fame thing. Right. But like now if they got that opportunity, if such an opportunity existed, like they would go viral on TikTok and then they'd be like famous Swifties. Yeah. But she, there is no, I mean, it's a literally a three and a half hour show. I don't know how she could then do oh, like goodness, a midnight no. meetup. I hope she's not doing meet and greets. She's not, um, she didn't in Arizona, so I don't know if she's going to, but at the present point, she's not. No, I, I appreciate her prioritizing like more music, more songs over meeting grades. Yeah, and so she really did her absolute best to include as many songs as possible. 44 is an insane amount of songs. She shortened some songs, so we get like, you know, more songs. We don't need the whole song. She goes, you know, from the first chorus into the bridge. But what a lot, I think, you know, the major takeaway from this weekend is like, it's the Eras tour. She's acknowledging all of her eras. We never got like a lover or an evermore folklore tour so she really does like big chunks of that which I'm really grateful for she opens with lover because it was supposed to be the next tour after reputation um but she does one song from speak now she did enchanted and then literally changed into her red outfit which was like so crazy to so many people um she also didn't doesn't do any songs from debut the first night she did Tim McGraw and then I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like that one song from debut but the next night it turned out Tim McGraw was one of those interchangeable songs. There's two changes that, two songs that change from the set list every week. Um, but I am confused. Like, I know Taylor does everything for a reason. Like, she, it was a choice to do one song from Enchanted, especially, I mean, excuse me, one song from Speak Now, especially when there's so many iconic songs from Speak Now, including Long Live, which is very much like the anthem of 
her whole brand. Do you think it's because she doesn't own the rights to those songs and maybe she has to pay someone to use it and she's not going to pay? But currently she doesn't own 1989 and she still did oh, a big right. 1989. I was trying to think which others haven't been re-recorded. So it's debut, Speak Now in 1989. Still haven't been recorded, yeah. But she did a lot from 1989? Yeah. Hmm. It's like, you know, everything Taylor does is intentional. Wait, I, I just um, want to see what else is What on, was the reason? I want to see what else is on Speak Now to see if there's other any glaring. I mean, back to December. No, she doesn't need the to The story that. of us. I see sparks fly whenever you smile. Hit me with those green eyes. Long live. There's a lot here. There's a lot there. Huh. It's a choice. I hate back to December. I like it. I said what I said. It's like one of the, it's probably like one of the only Actually, songs no. Taylor's written. I don't. You know what song I hate that I was confusing it with? Mm. Mine. Oh, what's wrong with I that? I just don't like it. Okay. Um, I like Back to December. It's one of the, I, I would say the only song that Taylor's written about a former lover that's who's positive. famous. That's complimentary. And you know what makes Taylor Lautner look like such a good guy. I can't believe I forgot to ask him that when I interviewed him. I'm, I'm a fucking moron. Turdy Lou. Don't, I'm, we're I, stopping the negative self-talk. Add it to the list of regrets. Oh my gosh. We can't get that minute. No, it's a big regret Maybe it's of mine. for a reason. Like maybe, it, maybe it's like a thing between the, like Taylor and It's him. not. It's not because his wife, Tay Lautner, is like a Swifty. She actually made a TikTok this weekend. Like when you're not the only Taylor he's dated. Like she's funny about it. Like it's clearly like something we can talk about. And I'm just the moron who forgot. Yeah. Who dropped the ball for, for the toasters. I apologize. And the Swifties. Right. They're less forgiving beyond the toasters you're our turdy Lou you can't do any wrong and I did actually leave the house this weekend once to go to an influencer gathering a gathering of influencers were you the influencer mentor I was the influencer mentor um it was Remy Bader's birthday party which are it's always fun I went last year and it was really fun and this year was fun too but she always does a theme and it's always themes like I, I cannot get on board with like last year was euphoria and like what the fuck am I gonna wear to a euphoria themed party you know how picky I am with what I choose to put on my body you don't want to wear um, like your nipples out and like right, glitter like, everywhere. No, and the influencers like love the euphoria theme. So like everyone looked amazing and I looked literally stupid. Um, and then this year was denim and diamonds and I vowed like not to look stupid, okay. but it was just as hard for me to come up. Denim, ha has anyone in this room ever seen me wear like blue denim? No. No. And you know, everyone, you know, had these cute denim sets and I went shopping. I tried and everything I ordered, I really ordered this incredibly cute item from Nasty L. Shout out Nasty L for literally having the worst shipping ever. I paid $25 like for expedite. It's still not here. Damn. And I, and I ordered it on time. Like I ordered it like a week and a half ago. Okay, but you looked amazing. So I don't feel so sorry for you. What happened? I, you know, I'm always, always praising this brand. And yet again, show me your moo moo out here with the best customer service, the best everything. Um, there was this denim, I was on Revolve and there was this denim jumpsuit and it was sold out in all the sizes on Revolve. So they had it on their website. I did two day shipping. I got it in a couple sizes. I just returned the, the sizes that didn't work. Um, and I was like kind of uncomfortable. It was definitely like a something I would never wear because it was like skin tight. Form fitting. Form fitting. And one thing about me, like I'm always going to wear something baggy. It's just how You're I feel always going to cover your form. I am always going to cover my form, especially the form of my belly. Like maybe I'll risk it with like a tight pant or a tight sleeve. I'll never wear a tight belly item. It's just not how I was raised. It's not. Um, 
but I did because I had no other options and I actually thought it looked pretty good. And I felt really good in the outfit and I'm glad that I took the risk because I was on theme. I liked the look and it was a successful day of stepping out of your comfort zone. Add it to the list. Updos, showing your arms, form fitting. Who is she? You have not you have not been telling me to be oh, form no, fitting. Oh no, 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 not it's a different list. Um Oh, oh. It's a list of things turning out. Trying likes. new things. Things no, turning things out. Of, no. No, you know what the list is? Things Turdy's doing in her saying yes to life era. Yeah. Turdy's new life. I nor- in 2021, I never would have done. Oh, sorry. No. Oh, my God. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's different from like, I didn't say it was with like reading and Downton. Oh, this whole time I thought you were no, that's merging lists. Reading Downton up dues arms out is one list. You were not telling me to put my arms out ever. Oh, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't share. No. Really? Even up to? Up to? Oh, wait. I'm always saying put your hair up. Like, no, you're doing an up to, but you weren't really no. trying to ever. Oh, my God. Always trying to get you and Margaret to wear your fucking hair up. Always. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and on the show, too, I'm sure someone could roll it back. Some clips. Roll the tapes. And then this is a separate list of Turdy's new life. Okay, okay. Thank you for explaining the lists. I've got a lot of lists, and I'm checking them and twice. And you're checking it twice. Yeah. To take the bedores down. Gotta find out if turds naughty or nice. I could tell you turds naughty as fuck because not to be that girl. You want your period? I got it this morning. Oh my God, I was joking. You just had it. A month ago. I know you've like been pregnant for a hundred years, but like we are getting our periods every month, you know? Okay, I can't believe that was a month ago. Time flies when you're getting your period. No, I know. And like you're, by the way, you just said a mouthful there, sister. It's so true. Um, you're just like kind of privileged that like in the last two years, you only had a couple periods. Yeah. And some of us are out here, you know, cramping it up yeah. once a month. Some of us are, you know, experiencing the joys of pregnancy and all the aches and pains that accompany it. But sure, yeah. sure. So I was saying this morning, like, I know I'm going to be in like a fucking mood on the toast, but I'm feeling better. But it was a rough morning. Like it was it was a journey to get to where I am now. Damn. Is that why you chose that sweatshirt? No, I literally knew. You're so fucking predictable. Like, Are you, you're I in your red knew. era. <laughs> and you're the one who doesn't like when people talk about their periods and you're being very descriptive. Well, that's that's true. But now we said it, so. The floodgates are opened. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind talking about periods. Sometimes, like, you have to talk about periods. But, like, I just. No, Aside from you, because we do a daily show and it's germane, actually, to your presence that you know, on the show. Sometimes to know, people are like, like, wow, Claudia was in a mood today. And it's like, well, you know what? My bi- biology is working against me. Like, I think it's important yeah. that everybody has context. I have really no issue with you sharing. But there are other influencers who it's like, why do I know no. your menstrual Jackie. cycles? No, but Jackie, like the way I was never in my life, like eager or really felt like I had any urge to talk about my period. But ever since you said that, now I find myself talking about it all the time. Do you think it's like you're one, you're you're either trying to like, you know. Hurt you. Get me uncomfortable because like we love to do that. We do. Push me in my comfort zone. Or is it just that now that I've said it, we're noticing it? It's probably that. Um, but on a day like today, like I did feel like bringing it up because if, I, if I'm at all snappy or quick with you and the audience is like, what's up Claudia's ass today? A tampon. Okay. That's what's up my ass. I guess you never learned how to properly <laughs> use one. Um, okay. Okay. Pray for me. But yeah. also 
That's fine. Like if, if you're feeling negative vibes coming for me today, which I'm going to try and battle my, you know, natural instinct, just know like it's not my fault. It's literally nature. Okay. Okay. So I just, I think context is important. Thank you for that. And so I think yeah, welcome. now we should embark on the job of delivering the fast five st- stories that you need to know. Um, While avoiding as much negativity as possible. Yeah. That's today's mission. And today's mission is brought to you very appropriately by Liquid IV. If you're trying to improve your health, hydration is a great place to start. And Liquid IV is the hydration brand that fuels your well-being. You know, in my year of yes, Liquid IV has been a huge part of it. I now have like one or two packs in my purse at all time for hangovers when I'm traveling, for just like general fatigue and dehydration when I'm traveling. It's a great thing to always have in your purse. So their hydration multiplier, which is what I throw in my purse, is the one product that you're missing out on in your daily routine. It's a great low lift wellness tip. That's what we were talking about last week. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning before a workout when you feel run down after a long night out and on long flights. A lot of what I do is on a long flight after a long night out or just when I'm not feeling good. It's so good to have in your purse. And again, I'm all about low lift wellness tips and drinking like 16 ounces of water is pretty low lift. So one stick of liquid IV into 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains vitamin B3, B5, B6, B12, and C. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And it has three times the electrolytes of a traditional sports drink. So grab your liquid IV in bulk. You can get it nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code toast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code toast at liquidiv.com. Again, that's promo code toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. So from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. So whether you have a side hustle, e-commerce business, you work in e-commerce, you want to build a website, whatever it is that you're doing, check out Squarespace because it's really easy to get a website up and running and you don't have to have like a huge background in software engineering. Check out squarespace.com toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So here's some of the great things about Squarespace. Whether you work in e-commerce, it is the place to sell anything. They have the tools you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. Whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. They also offer content ownership. So you own all the content you put on the Squarespace platform. They offer a one-click data portability. They give you great insights into your traffic overview. So see how your visits, unique visitors, page views are trending over time. You'll gain insight into the top traffic sources, products, device types, browsers, operating systems, really detailed analytics that can help you run your business better. They also uh, help you do email campaigns, collect donations, share on social, blogging tools. So whatever you're coming to Square- coming to Squarespace for um, in terms of building a website, they will have features that will really, really help you. So again, go to squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thank you, Claudia. What can I say except get welcome for all the links and all the codes that'll save. Our first story, Ariana Maddox has made her first public appearance since Scandaval. She took the stage Saturday night at a wacky comedy show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in LA. Because, you know, she takes sketch comedy seriously. And you know who else takes sketch comedy seriously? 
Upright Citizens Brigade. That's like a legit troop. Yes, except what they were doing did not seem very serious. Um, and it wasn't like sketch comedy. But it was like a sandwich making competition with Ariana oh. and Fibula. I love Fibula. Yeah. And Fibula listens to the toast. So yeah, yeah. shout out. Yeah, shout out, shout out. Uh, so she took the stage at the venue just a few minutes away from Schwartz and Sandy's. And Eyewitness told Page Six that the reality star was met with thunderous cheers and applause from the crowd when she walked on stage at the live event, billed as the only sandwich making game show on the planet. They said from the smile on her face and the little dance she did while walking out on stage, she appeared a little surprised but super appreciative of all the fans' support. And judging from the audience's excitement, it was evident that the majority of people showed up to see her. She looked carefree and seemed to be having a good time. There was no mention of Scandaval. Of course. Um, and the show was called Make That Sandwich, and it was her and Fibula competing to make sandwiches. I'm sure like a part of it was also like doing improv. Yeah. Um, I just want to say something I've like a takeaway I've had from this whole situation is like Ariana's really like not thirsty. I think like if you think about anyone else who was like put in this position where like the entire fan base and the entire world has like learned about your situation and is like riding for you, like they would be posting so much on Instagram and like doing events or like maybe interviews. Like there's a way you could really thirst out and like capitalize on this moment. And the fact that Ariana has like been seen twice, one at a friend's wedding and one at like this like small improv sketch comedy thing. Like it makes me have a lot of respect for her. Like she's not thirsting out on this moment. Yes, but don't you feel like everyone else is? Every, all yes. of her friends are. Yes, and, I, and she's given them permission to She's given to them do permission so. to talk about everything. But like, I just think it's so weird. Not the talking and giving interviews to other podcasters. And of course, everyone has a podcast and they're doing all these different like permutations of like, uh, Sheena and Kristen and right. on this Sheena one. Sheena has La a podcast. Lala, Lala has a podcast. Kristen Doty has a podcast. Yeah. Right? And they're all like, you know, going Speed around dating. and talking about it. But then like Lala's selling merch about yeah. it. And it just feels so weird to me. No, I agree. And I don't like I'm I stand firmly on team Ariana even like um, Sheena did her episode and for a few days it was only available on Patreon and then it dropped to the public and, and it's important to note like if I had been in this situation like I would very much probably be doing the same like you know as a reality star slash influencer like moments like this is like what you make your your living on um but it's but your best all, friend's trauma. Right, these are friends. Like, this is a group of friends. And I agree. Like, the level of fame and, like, the nonstop stories from the cast members, like, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And it's it's crazy that, like, it doesn't bother Ariana whatsoever because I don't think that it does. And I think that if it did for one second, they wouldn't do it. They would like, stop. They have expressed permission to go all the way with everything. And, like, I just... It's it's crazy to me. It's, it just feels a little yeah. weird to me. I agree, um, especially because a lot of them are limited in what they can share because of their contracts. Like Bravo doesn't want all this tea being spilt on podcasts. They want it to save it for the show, and that's why a lot of people are loving Kristen Doty's podcast because she doesn't. She's very much at the center of this, but she doesn't have a contract. She can say whatever the fuck she wants, and that's why her episode on Vile Files and her own podcast like blew up in the way that they did because there's no red tape around what she can say. But I'm sure also there's things that she's not saying because she is filming again, like. I don't think she wants to piss them off expressly, but she definitely has more flexibility Freedom. than the other cast members. But I, I agree. It's it's like kind of out of hand. Yeah. And it, it's just like, I don't know, at a certain point, it's kind of like rubbing me the wrong way. 
No, I know. And I don't know if it's like the effects of last week when I was so turned off on the episode by everyone except Raquel. Um, and now like the behavior is just starting. I'm starting to be like, well, well, I don't know. Because like, I, and I don't want this to be misconstrued. Like I stand firmly on team Ariana. I just think the behavior a lot of a lot of the other girls is questionable. Yeah, I agree. But no, when it comes to this, like it's oh, there's only a team Ariana. And the right. fact that we are even to say team Ariana, it's like, well, there's Duh. There's, no, there's not a, this isn't a match. Like there's one team. Right. Where there's not even a team Tom. No. That would consist, that would literally consist of Tom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's curious. Yeah, it's curious. But I'm really glad that she's doing well, that she was out and about. She changed her hair color to be like even lighter. It looks great. Oh. It's like more platinum blonde. And it, it looks, she looks awesome. So. Okay, good. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. More clarity in all the Law Roach retirement drama because Law yeah. Roach sat down for an interview with The Cut and re- like answered a bunch of questions. It was like Q&A style and he's talking about his career, talking about the retirement specifically, like what that means, what led him to that point. And there were some interesting nuggets from the interview. I appreciate that he like made this big splash and didn't just disappear with all these questions. Like, oh, you guys are unclear? Let me f- do a follow-up. Yeah, like, because in the interview, he's like, when did I post that? Two days ago. So like, literally, he must have gotten- It's current. He must have gotten so much press outreach. And he was like, yeah, I'll sit down with the cut and explain right. what happened. So right. he um, kind of talks about how he got to this place after- Oscars week and building up to the Vanity Fair Oscars party he said it's some of the most stressful times in the world and I've been a stylist that did multiple clients so I'm trying to prepare for multiple clients that week he said he had a lot of pressure from Megan the Stallion because it was her first time coming back and anybody seeing her since the trial and so that was a lot oh, of pressure right. you know because I wanted to make her feel secure and comfortable make her feel and look as perfect as possible so that she can have the strength to do what she had to do So that morning I got a call from one of my clients and it was her, her publicist and somebody from a brand that I'm supposed to do the project with. And I found myself on the phone with these three women. I felt like I was defending myself because the one woman from the brand was like, oh, he's not communicating and you're not going to have the dress and all these things. And it was just a lot of things that were not true. And that's how we lose clients as stylists. Mm -hmm. Somebody from a brand will say something to the publicist. Then the publicist will say something to the client. And then it's this thing. I thought I had a really strong relationship with this client. And I thought she knew that my goal is always to protect my clients. And at that moment, I just didn't feel like I was being protected because there's no one who can ever say that they've worked with me, that I didn't put my whole heart and soul into them or that I left them hanging and they didn't have a dress. It's never happened. No one can ever say that about me. He said that call was very early the next day. Um, after the Oscars and the client was one of the clients that I dressed that night. Oh, this is another call, like more Oscars bullshit politics. Right. But he's not saying though that like Meg the Stallion is the person no, he was referring to, like the politics. What he is saying is like, there are all these gatekeepers that gatekeep the client. It's publicists, yeah. it's agents, managers, all of these people yeah. who come in between him and the client to like facilitate the relationship. And there's a few things that happen, a few issues that he's encountered. One, like he's never the stylist that they go to. Mm -hmm. When someone wants a stylist, they have like a list of people that they would encourage you to work with. And he's never like being put forward by the gatekeepers, he calls them. Two, he said he likes to have a personal relationship with his client. Of course. But these people don't let you. You know, they are the ones doing the scheduling. They say, oh, so-and-so, you know, they don't ever really let you like interface with their client. And that's not how he likes to work. He also said there's like people who say about him like, oh, if you work with him, you're just going to get all the clothes Zendaya didn't want. (gasps) 
Which, by the way, he said that's obviously not true. He doesn't walk around with a suitcase full of Zendaya's cast-offs. But honestly, some of you people would look better in Zendaya's cast-offs than in what you're wearing. No, please. Give me the shit beneath Zendaya's shoe and look better than what I'm wearing today. Like, Like, Yeah, give me Zendaya's runner-up Oscars dress. Sure. Oh, my God. Zendaya liked it but didn't like it enough. Good enough for you. Give me, like, her fifth choice. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what's interesting is, like, about celebrity dynamics is, like, the way that it's built... You know, to have like an agent, a manager, a publicist, a lawyer, business manager, all these people around really to protect you when working with brands, when working with studios. And so the system works, but it doesn't really work with stylists because I think and anyone who, you know, has ever worked with a stylist probably would agree that like I think uh, the most beneficial like relationships between stylists and celebrities are those that are so close like Zendaya and Law like they're friends like you get to know the person you can dress them better it's like it benefits everyone when there's a closeness and it's so collaborative right you don't need to be close when working with a brand they're paying you for a service like your manager should protect you from those types like I get that but a stylist I wouldn't equate with like working like a movie studio you need that closeness in order to really get it you know you get to understand what the person you know what their hopes and dreams are what their insecurities are like it's more beneficial for everyone when the stylist really really knows you and it's not impersonal yeah and I think that's how he works best he was even saying when someone like reaches out to him he does like a whole google search of everything they've ever worn to like try and get an understanding of the person so having these people in the way like that's the politics and bullshit he was talking about so pretty much he said that he'll still be working with Zendaya and then all of like he said like clients reached out to him when he posted that and pretty much being like well what about me right and he's like you have to find a new stylist all's good with him and Zendaya he explained the Louis Vuitton thing what yeah, happened I there. saw his explanation and you know what it, it, it did make a lot of sense he said that he always sits next to Zendaya because they like you know watch a show together and they pick together the sorts of things that they like so he got there there wasn't a seat next to her for him and she pointed behind her because she was saying this is um her assistant seat so he was saying like so take that one no, like I think just to say like it was available but it wasn't her saying you sit here no 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 so no. he said all's good between them which he did say last week and now he's focusing on he's going to be announced as like the creative director of a footwear brand soon and Wait, but also back to the Louis Vuitton thing I thought his explanation in terms of like context was really helpful and important because this was the first show Zendaya went to of Louis Vuitton as one of the faces of Louis Vuitton and their previous partnership I'm not entirely sure what brand he was referencing Zendaya was the one and only face of that brand so when they would go to shows it was like set in stone it was her and Law sitting front row but this is the first time that they went to a show of the brand that Zendaya is working with that has a lot of faces it's not like the Zendaya show anymore so it was just a new dynamic and he wasn't mad he was they just didn't know yet like there was no precedent out of a previous show so I think that like much many things that go viral on TikTok like that video is completely out of context has nothing to do with the retirement announcement. Mm-hmm. It really sounds like it was Oscars, Vanity Fair, mayhem, yep. the politics after years of this. No, and it makes sense. Like celebrity dynamics are so fucked. Yeah. And especially like there are so many people like around celebrities who seek to protect them, but also really just isolate them. Like, yeah. I feel like I understand why they have to have some people to, you know, interface with the studio, interface. Like uh-huh. it's a lot for the celebrity, but like, the celebrities can talk to some people, you know, I like agree. they don't need to be completely managed. They're still adults and they're human beings and they're working business people. Like, 
Well, I guess it depends on the celebrity. I think a lot of celebrities like actually do need to be managed, but a lot of them are, yes, like these running of an empire. Like you can pick out your own dress. Yeah, and you can like talk to people. I think there are a couple celebrities who are not well, Mm -hmm. but most of them are like functioning adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. But some of them like those layers of protection. Like some of them put those in place for that reason. Yes, but then like, you know, you're going to just get sent a bunch of dresses that have nothing to do with you. Right, right. So I'm really, uh, the the interview was very wide ranging. I would recommend reading it if you want more. Also stories, like he's literally was giving names. He's dropping names, yeah. Instances. He talked about how one star had DM'd him about wanting to work with him because she had a movie coming out and she didn't like, you know, some of the stylists that were suggested to her by her teams. And I was feeling like it was Addison. Oh. I just, like, that's just the vibe I got. Oh, and did he say it was a client he now worked with? Um, He said it was, like, a, a, a client. One of, he, hold on, let me find the. So a current client, and that would be He said, Addison. so sometimes what happens is a talent will just DM me. Hey, would you work with me? Can we talk about this? I started working with this client. She had a really big movie coming out, and she said, you know, I want to be a fashion girl. I want to take risks, and there's nobody else I want to work with but you. Like totally Addison because she's like a digital girly DM like she had events before yeah but it wasn't until I feel like it was like he's all that yeah no by the way that's a really good call yeah so he's just like as much tea as you like would hope for without I love someone who's direct like direct like he made this big drama on Instagram and I think a lot of annoying people would have just like walked away you know lit lit the fire and bounced oh and he's like oh you guys have follow-up questions let me sit down for an interview and drop names and and people yeah like even though even talking about like Meg the Stallion how like he dressed her and there was a lot of pressure for her to like look amazing and the way that things went south had absolutely nothing to do with her but great now I can Start to imagine, as opposed to him being like, I had a client who was a really big night for them. Right. And they, you know what I mean? No, and actually, I, I actually really appreciated him sharing his thought process for, you know, the importance of dressing Megan the Stallion that night. And it actually makes me feel like he's a really good stylist because I hadn't even thought about how, like, of, how big of a deal this was, like, first public appearance since the trial. And he honestly seems like an empath. Like, he actually really cares. He not, said that. Not... Not just like, oh, this dress looks good on you, walk out the door. But like there's meaning behind it. And this is a person who dealt with something like really traumatizing and I want to make them feel beautiful. And actually like that, sharing that anecdote like actually really makes me like him even more. He said that he's a huge empath and that's why it's particularly draining for for him when he gives so much like of himself to his clients. And then there's these people who just like... Tear it down. Ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. So... I love that we got a, like a full circle moment on this. Thank you. But that he truly is retiring from celebrity style. The celebrity, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Sean Mendez has addressed the Sabrina Carpenter dating rumors. Yeah, I know, in like a rude way. Yeah. Sean yeah. Mendez. She's sh- being very short. He shut down online speculation that he and Sabrina Carpenter are dating. Boo. My article won't load. Just give me one second. 
Well, I can give you guys like a little context. They were photographed together a few weeks ago. Oh, thanks, Turdy. Definitely like Jax and I were looking like, does this look like two people who are dating? They really are a good match. We were very much here for it. And then he did an interview and he was like kind of annoyed that he was asked the question because I think he was there to promote something else. Ralph Lauren, right? Yes. Tommy Hilfiger. Same Whatever. thing. <laughs> Literally same thing. <laughs> he, uh, he was doing an interview with a Dutch TV program called RTL Boulevard and he said, we are not dating. He then suggested that they talk about his partnership with Tommy Hilfiger, quote, probably more than Sabrina, but thank you. Yeah, like he was rude. He literally said, good day, sir. I said, good day. Uh, I'm annoyed that they're not dating because Same. I do think it's a really good match. And Sean Mendes like definitely took some time off and he came back recently like with a buzz cut and he gained like 15 pounds of muscle. And my God, he's looking so hot. Like he's even more attractive than he was before, which is crazy to think about. Um, and I would have loved that for Sabrina Carpenter, honestly. But do you feel like maybe they were like, hanging out a little bit and now Sabrina's seeing this and is like oh we're not dating I guess I guess we're not like not uh, they probably weren't dating exclusively or anything but like why do you have to say it like that you know he would like had an attitude couldn't he have been like every other celebrity like coy and tight-lipped like I don't I'm not talking about that right now yeah yeah no he had like a mug and an attitude and I didn't appreciate it I just feel like if there was anything brewing between them like we're not going to be seeing them together anymore just because like that was fucking rude yeah, no, it's over. <laughs> it was a very, like, terse. So, by the way, they were spotted together, like, twice in one week. They were, had that, like, date in sweats, and also they left a party together. So, like, we're not crazy for thinking that they no, might be dating. They're literally so perfect and age-appropriate. Yeah. And cute. Like, I feel like Sabrina might have thought there was something there. There was something there that wasn't there before. It literally wasn't a crazy question. Like, good for this interviewer for going there. It would have been my first question as well. Who gives a shit about Ralph Lauren? It Tommy Hilfiger. It wasn't a crazy question. It was a crazy response. It wasn't a crazy question. It was a crazy response. Like, and especially I feel like Shawn Mendes is like P-Jom energy. Like, maybe he's on his period because he was giving like, you know, rare. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm feeling for Sabrina today because I feel no, like that, he made really clear... That was definitely like not a tough way, tough way to find out like the guy you went on a date with like wasn't as into it as you are. Yeah, you just have to say like, oh yeah, you know, we're friends. She's so awesome. No, be like, I love Sabrina. She's such a great girl. I love spending time with her. Period. Yeah, and then like we would now be sitting here being like, what does it mean? And instead we're being here like, oh, Shamanis is kind of a prick. Yeah. And we're like, all right, never mind. Like the ship just crashed. Yeah, and burned. <laughs> and burned. I'm off. I'm I'm jumping overboard. She deserves better. She deserves someone who's going to speak glowingly about her in interviews. A hundred percent. And I'm so looking forward to the day where like we're talking about Sabrina Carpenter's relationship and it's not Joshua Bassett like Loserville and it's not Shawn Mendes being mean. Like when is this girl going to get what she deserves? Yeah. It's coming, Sabrina. Don't you worry. Don't give up. No. Ch Sabrina, you don't chase. You attract. What is yours will find you. Sabrina, there's a lid for every pot. So true. And you have a gorgeous pot. Sabrina. That anyone would want to cover. Sabrina, Buster Murdaugh has a girlfriend, okay? Don't lose hope. Turdy Lou, I have two more stories and both I could segue so good right now. Oh, but that's too bad because I have something to say. So your segues. My segues like, have crashed and burned like Sean and Sabrina. Love that for you. 
Our next two stories are brought to you by Hulu's new show, Up Here. Up Here is a musical series rom-com about two characters, Lindsay and Miguel, juggling career and crushes as they try to find love in New York City in 1989. It features original music. Up Here is a rom-com all about falling in love, discovering the greatest obstacle to finding happiness together is yourself. Well, yourself in the treacherous world of obsession, fears, memories, and fantasies. It premieres on Hulu March 24th, and it's from the director of Hamilton, the screenwriter of Tick, Tick, Boom, and the songwriters of the book of Mormon and WandaVision. So that's Thomas Kale from Hamilton, Stephen Levinson from Tick, Tick, Boom, and Kristen and Bobby Lopez from the Book of Mormon and WandaVision. It's a story about two characters, Lindsay and Miguel, trying to find love in the big city. It is a story about the opinions of friends and family and how they manifest as voices in our heads. Up Here takes those voices of family and friends and shoves them into the daily lives of these everyday New Yorkers. It's filled with raunch and ridiculousness. Up Here is about that magical time in your life when you had nothing figured out and all the time in the world to think about it. So I love a musical, a musicale, and it's spring. Spring is upon us because it, it launches March 24th. So the spring musicale launches March 24th on Hulu. Check it out. It's got really good music, really good people working on it, and it sounds like a fabulous show. So check it out. Hulu's up here on Hulu, March 24th. Today's episode is also brought to you by Just Thrive. Let's face it, stress sucks, especially when it seems to run your life, keeping you on edge and refusing to let you relax and unwind. But here's the good news. There's now a way to beat stress before it beats up on you. Just Thrive, Probiotic, and Just Calm are here to help you reclaim your health, your happiness, and your peace of mind. Their breakthrough probiotic formula is clinically proven to balance your gut. This is huge because as much as 90% of Americans have an overgrowth of bad bacteria in their gut, and studies show that an unhealthy gut can lead to an increase in stress hormones. So not only will Just Thrive Probiotic help you stay ahead of things like gas, bloat, and constipation, your gut is balanced. When your gut is balanced and healthy, you'll be able to handle stress like a boss. Plus, their probiotic has zero fillers, gluten, dairy, histamines, and it can be sprinkled into any food and drink, so it's the perfect probiotic for your whole family. And their uh, new mood support, Just Calm, you can add in for next level stress busting. There's a big buzz around Just Calm, and that's because this product is scientifically proven to soothe everyday stress encourage a steady and balanced mood, improve alertness and focus, and even help you get better sleep. So up your wellness game and beat the bloat, digestive issues, and stress with Just Thrive. And right now, when you go to justthrive.com and use promo code TOAST, you can get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and the Just Calm. That's like getting a month for free. Check out all their research-backed products for optimal gut and immune health. Again, use promo code TOAST for 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. That website is justthrivehealth.com, promo code TOAST. Thank you. You're welcome. Our next story, Bad Bunny seemingly disses Kendall's ex, Devin Booker, on a new song. Yeah. Bad Bunny is turning heads with his latest lyrics, as some think his feature on the track Coco Chanel doubles as a diss towards Kendall's ex, Devin Booker. The new song from Eladio Carrion features an appearance from uh, Bad Bunny, and in it he makes an alleged reference to the Phoenix Suns. He said they sing in Spanish, but translated it means "I'm not bad, baby. That's a gimmick." But the sun in Puerto Rico is hotter than in Phoenix. She knows it. Okay, like also, usually I think people are like reading into stuff, but like that's hella direct. Like Phoenix is pretty specific. And then right. elsewhere, especially for somebody who does Latin music, like right, this right. isn't even a song like about America. Right. Elsewhere in the song, he uh, raps that Scorpio women are dangerous and Kendall is a Scorpio. See, you know what? That could be a coincidence. Like maybe he, you know, just like score, maybe he's really into horoscopes. But the other one feels like really, um, really targeted. 
targeted. But at the same time, they really haven't been dating for that long. And like songs take so long I to know. like produce that the timeline like doesn't add up for me. Unless they've been dating for a lot longer than we know and they've only started to give us crumbs recently. Perhaps. And I will say the last time we spoke about Bad Bunny and Kendall and how like we were so here for it, our Hispanic toasters made themselves known and they said they do not support this relationship. So, and they didn't really give me a reason that like made me stop liking them, but I respect your decision. Oh, she sneezed on it. I agree. Bad Bunny fans are like not here for it. They don't think that this is a good couple. I think it's no. probably based on his personality and like hers just not not seeming like they would jive or it's just based on like a protectiveness I feel like that happens a lot like whenever there's like a major male star the female fans don't like the girlfriend for whatever reason and whatever whether they're valid or not it's really just rooted in like this protectiveness and almost like a territorialism yes also it's worth noting it Devin Booker might have responded to this he did. situation because he posted on Instagram in a comment um, that has since been deleted and it said he's worried about another Caps man again. Is he calling Bad Bunny gay? Is that what that meant? I don't know. Wait, he's worried about another man, man again. Again. It sounds like these two have history, by the way, because I don't even know what the Again, fuck they're talking right. about. And, right. And then it was deleted. Also, this line in People Magazine made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Reps for Bad Bunny, Jenner, and Booker, and the Suns organization did not oh. immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Wait, you're telling me that the Phoenix Sun <laughs> did not respond to their request for, for comment? Could you imagine? That's shocking. I can't believe they even like wrote that. That's like wrote, embarrassing. That's that they embarrassing. Even re, re, like admitted that they reached out. That's an embarrassing email to write to the Phoenix Suns. Like, do you have any commentary on this lyric? Because Bad Bunny spoke about the Your sun, city. the sun in Phoenix. Oh, also, like we didn't even put together that they're called the Phoenix Suns, and he's talking oh, about yeah. the strength of the Phoenix Sun. Oh, by the way, it's one hundred percent about Devin Booker. Honestly, it's like pretty good line. Like considering no, it's, everything, it's a. It's a decent burn. It's a sick burn. <laughs> Wait, can we just talk one more time trying to figure out what Devin Booker meant? Like, I'm just unclear. Okay. He's worried about another man again. <sighs> Fans have been circulating screenshots that show a now deleted comment from his Instagram. Apparently in response to the lyrics per the US Sun, he worried about another man again. Or is he calling Kendall gay? Is somebody being called gay? Like, I'm so confused. Honestly, if anybody has any thoughts on, like, what this could translate to, like, feel free to drop a comment on YouTube. I'm hella confused. Yes, please. I or feel like there's context we're missing. I feel like we're dumb. Yeah, no, it's like there's something. It's like when you're looking for the grapes and they're, like, right in front of you. Like, what? Or, like, this there's just, like, history that we don't know. But, like, what again? And why is man in caps? Yeah, no, the man is giving gay vibes. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure... But maybe I'm just jumping to gay. Like Maybe you are jumping to gay. I need, I'm like. This is I, confounded I like, me. Sometimes I just wish people would be as, as, as explicit as, as Shawn Mendes. Yeah. Or as La Roach. True. I just, I, it feels like I'm hearing a sentence in English and it sounds like French. Like, and I'm like, what? 
Hold on. We'll do it one more time. Yeah. He worried. Uh, okay. When I first He's said worried. it. No, no, no. But maybe in past tense, he worried about oh. another man again. No, no, it's it's definitely like he's worried, but it's like, you know, shortened for internet lingo. He's worried. You don't think in the past he worried about another man again? No, no, but I liked that, that you know, that was a really creative way of thinking. But read it one more time. Is he calling Kendall a cheater? He worried about know. another. No, but the man is caps. He's worried about another man again. <laughs> I really... You know, when you start to say a word so much, it starts to not sound like English. Like garage, 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 garage. This sentence is not making sense to me. It's not English. He worried about another man again. No, but you are also like being weird with okay, the sentence. Claudia, I'm going to, I just, like, I want to just text you so you can see it in plain text. And He's worried about another man again. We're making no I'm going progress. to the Sun article to see if there's anything else. Was there a typo? He's worried. Okay, the caption on the post that he commented on read. Oh, context. More information. Bad Bunny just sent some subliminals to Devin Booker on his version on Coco Chanel. Do y'all think he wants everyone to know he's dating Kendall Jenner now? Mm-hmm. He worried about another man again. Maybe. Okay, okay I don't think so he was saying like this. Like Devin, no, it doesn't sound gay. It sounds like Devin Booker, like feels like now for another a second time like bad bunnies with a woman and he's like worried about the woman's ex-boyfriend yeah yeah agreed it's he's basically calling bad bunny like a loser yeah like he's not still gay, worried about not, like, a, not gay a loser yeah no he's still worried about me again because he has a pattern of doing this like focusing right. on another man like and he's so worried and it's like focus on the girl yeah 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 it's kind of a good read. Yeah, yeah. Focus, it just requires he, he's worried about like, another man again. It's like worry about your woman. Oh my God. Yes. That's why man is capital. We figured it out. We cracked the code. <laughs> Context is key. Context is key. Context is key. Okay. I'm glad we went over to the sun. Me too. To solve this riddle. Yeah, it's kind of like losery of Bad Bunny. Like, what are you writing lyrics about your girl's ex-man? Like, yeah. focus on the fact that you got the girl. Yeah. Like, Kendall's waiting for you. But this definitely, like, in my opinion, like, ups Kendall's cool factor. Like, like that two major, like, manly men are, like, getting Instagram drama for her. Like, I kind of love it. That another man is worried about her again. Right. Again. A man. Man. Okay, great. Now I feel <sighs> really good about going into the fifth and final story. I feel like thus far, you know, every story has really kind of come full circle. This is like a very healing episode. We're reaching understanding. Yes, it's nice. It is nice. Well, I, I feel hope like more often than not, we're left with so many questions. Charity Luya, I hope that in this fifth and final story, it will leave us with a place of understanding. Okay, let's see. The family of C Stephen Smith, who was found dead yes. near Alex Murdoch's home, raises money to exhume his body. That's like, oh. it's not about the fact that it was near the home. Oh, I didn't even realize they were they, that they needed money because well, I'll fucking donate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The body of a South Carolina teen who mysteriously died near the home of Alex Murdoch, though that's not like why they're all connected, but okay. Yeah. Will be ex like the whole town is near the home of Alex Murdoch. It's a small right. Town. No, it's like this guy was, you know, allegedly Buster Murdoch's gay lover and he was all over the crime scene and all over the police reports. Like, and like all the rumors in town were that right. like Buster had something to do with this. It has nothing to do with like being near the home of Alex Murdoch. Also, they call it Buster's house because like, right. this is a Buster ting. Right. We're busting this case wide open. His body will be exhumed and a new autopsy will be conducted. 
they never conducted an autopsy the first time because they just kept saying it was a hit and run hit a road crash and it was nothing of the sort but if you categorize it as such like then there's no autopsy the family of Stephen Smith announced in a GoFundMe on Thursday that they have raised enough money to exhume his body for an independent autopsy his 2015 death investigation was reopened after the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdaugh in 2021 Smith was found dead on Sandy Run Road in rural Hampton County a short distance from the Murdaugh estate his death was originally classified as a hit and run but the investigation was reopened in 2021 after Maggie and Paul's bodies were found. However, the authorities have not called his death a homicide at this time. Smith's family has long maintained that his death was not merely a hit and run, but they have never explicitly implicated the Murdoch family. Authorities have never publicly disclosed the link between Smith and the Murdoch family, but Buster Murdoch, the surviving son of Alex Murdoch, was one of Smith's high school classmates. There's a lot of rumor, innuendo, Right. about their connection and also their presence together that night. So, yeah, I think, and, you know, when you when you when people like started to learn about the Murdoch trial while it was going on and watching the documentaries and everyone was really focused on like, did Alec kill, you know, his wife and son? One of the real like, you know, collateral tragedies of this family was the murder of Stephen Smith, who was this like young boy who had his whole life ahead of him, who was like a real nice kid like hearing his friends talking about him it was so sad and how his whole death was just swept under the rug in this town was so horrible and so tragic and so everyone was really focused on Paul and Maggie um and I get it but this was like one of the things like Gloria too that just never got justice that the family exploited and used their influence to just Make it go away. And this is like a family who lost their son and it's so tragic and they never got any answers. So I love that this first step is being taken and I hope, you know, it ha- some your know, bodies decay over time. And what I learned when I was watching, um, oh, what was I watching where they exhumed someone's body? Shit. Oh, to get DNA. It was like this documentary about um, one of those doctors who would, you know, steal people's babies and sell them to other families. Whatever. They were saying how like when you exhume a body, depending on how it was embalmed and just nature in itself, and it's like 10, 15 years, either the body will be in perfect condition or you will open the casket and it will be body soup, like literal with water and dust, depending on the coffin, like, and you can't get anything from it. So it just depends on all these different factors, environmental, and then also how they were laid to rest. What information can you get? It has only been about five years. Or no, when was he killed? It's now almost eight years. Yeah, it just depends. That's so interesting. Um, But I feel like even if they have a body that they can exhume and test, like an autopsy is going to show kind of what we already know, that like it was blunt force trauma Mm -hmm. that killed him, not a hit and run. If they could collect DNA, that would be great. But what I think they really need to do is go through his cell phone records. Because like, who did Stephen Smith call when his car ran out of gas? Yeah. And I I don't really know if you can collect DNA. It's not like he was like, you know, put in the casket right after the car accident. You get people ready for a funeral. You clean them, you wash them, you formaldehyde. There's not going to be Buster's DNA on him. Oh, you're saying they were getting DNA from like who... The genealogy and what yeah, they were wanted watching. to see if this guy was related to these kids. Like that's why they in the documentary I was watching. So I, I'd have never seen. I don't know if you can. You can't unless no, you can't. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um. So I wonder yeah. what they're looking for. 
I don't know, but I, they need to, if they're opening the investigation again, they need to look through the cell phone records. Like they had like the Murdoch family friend or family lawyer tried to reach out to Steven's family to like mm-hmm. represent them. Mm-hmm. They took Steve, he took Steven's phone, mm-hmm. but all that stuff like lives in. In the cloud. In the cloud. And also like in uh, the cell phone providers, like records. Of yeah, no, calls they, you can get that shit. You can get that shit. So if the investigation is open, I think that's the first place to start. Whoever he called, that's who's. Responsible. We're looking at. That's no, who we're ser- looking at. What happened that night? Seriously, Justin, justice for Stephen Smith. It was. Did you ever watch the HBO Max one? No, but I actually did end up hearing it was filled with more information. It was really good. And I felt like. The Netflix one really focused on Mallory Beach. Which, you know what? Another tragedy that was swept under the radar. Now right. we know her name. But, like, I understood the, like, the details of, and the grisly details of what happened and who she was and who all this group of friends was. And the Netflix one, they kind of were like, oh, yeah, and Gloria and Stephen's deaths were suspicious, too. Yeah. And watching the HBO Max one, like, oh, my God. My heart sank. For They spent a lot of time on Stephen Smith. They interviewed his family and his friends, which the Netflix one only had, like, one friend of Stephen's talking about. It him. had a friend, and I think it had um, his parents. Oh, this one was, like, so much more detailed about who Stephen was and the grisly details of his murder and how the, after he was killed, how they kind of passed his case around yep. to, to all these different, you know, highway patrols. And it's like, right. this, and they would set, and the, you know, the officers went and they were like, this isn't a hit and run. And they wouldn't take it as a homicide. They wouldn't right. investigate it. They were like, no, it's a hit and run, so it's under your jurisdiction. No, and the way it was in the middle of this, like, rural road and if it wasn't for that farmer we heard that uh 911 call who found him that night his body wouldn't have been discovered for a while and the Murdoch's might have been able to do something with it like if Buster ran home and told his grandpa so like the the little information we have we're so even lucky to have because that guy who called 911 yeah and then he was such you could hear he was like this cute old man but to me like that's a crime that's clearly a homicide that could have been solved yeah so easily if they actually cared to solve it because Buster Murdoch is no great genius who's going to evade police no and they're teenagers it's all in their cell phones just like Mallory Beach it was all on Snapchat yeah right 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 and like even you know if you if Buster Murdoch was a under um a suspect then you start looking at where his phone was that night like Mm -hmm. did his phone ping the tower that's closest to this location like it's it's I'm not even like a crime girl, I could tell you. No, you're not. But the fact that they never even questioned Buster, even though the whole town was saying, we heard it has something to do with Buster. It's such a gross, like, abuse of power and miscarriage of justice. And, like, really, it's, and that was my whole takeaway from the whole case. It's like, I didn't know shit like this really happened. It's, like, always happening in, like, ABC dramas. Like, he runs this town. It's like, yeah, sure. No, he (laughs) literally ran the town and was able to buy. You're going to go into law enforcement and be so easily bought into covering up crimes you have no fucking scruples what are you in law enforcement for you get into law enforcement because you have such a passion for justice and for helping people and you're gonna take this ugly fucking fire crotches money you loser like i have less respect bring redheads into it sorry i know i just wanted to insult him i'm sorry i just wanted to insult him but i shouldn't have done that because that's directly affected my people no i'm sorry i'm sorry i I should have come up with a better word i'm sorry i'm sorry like what do i what do we have to do with it no, for sure, for sure. I, I'll, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. You'll do better, Turdy Lou. I'll do better. T- do better, Turdy Lou. Everyone needs to do better. Agreed. But ex- like, I feel hopeful that this autopsy might give us something to move forward with. 
Yeah. I don't know what they're going to find in the autopsy, but you got to just check the cell phones, man. I know. It's a step. Maybe like they find something in the autopsy that cracks the case wide open. You can't just like but get phone records. the investigation is open again. No, I know. You can't just like get phone records. You need like a warrant. And to get a warrant, you need like actual proof because people are entitled to privacy. But the mother, Stephen's mother can't get his phone records? His, yes, but I think you got to open up Buster's too. People have. No, you start with Stevens. Yeah. You see who he called, and then that person is asked questions. My my knowledge of the law is limited here. I'll be I'll be quite transparent with everyone. Yeah, and where is Stevens' phone? I don't know, but I don't think you need the phone. Like the records exist. No, but like if Stevens' mother has his phone, he could just go through his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have. Or it was know. never recovered. The Murdoch family friend lawyer like wanted to take it. Or yeah, or it was never recovered. No, it was found in his car with his wallet oh, it was. and everything. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So where's or the no, phone? it was in his pocket and it was intact. It was intact. It was intact in his pocket, which is also a sign that it's not a hit and run. Right, right. Because you go flying through the air when you get hit, hit and run and you land on whatever. And so I'm phone. sure Buster ran home to his dad and was like, but he texted me and he has his phone. Right, and right. And then the, you know, the corrupt lawyer said, oh, give me Steven's phone. I'll deal with it. I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of it. Sick. Um, so those were, that is like another full circle story. I felt like we closed the gap on a lot of stories no, today. Yeah, no, we're not, it's not closed, but like we are in we the always process. Say, we always say like we hope for updates and here we actually got one. Yeah. And Love we hope that. for more. We hope for more. Um, that was our show. Great Monday episode. Honestly, I feel great. I feel great. I feel like we avoided like negativity as much as possible in terms of my period. <laughs> yes, we did. Did you feel like I was short with you? No. Okay. Never. I wasn't giving Sean Mendes shortness. No, no, we are not dating. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we are not dating. Eat my ass, bitch. We are not dating. I hate Sabrina. Literally. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on so Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I already cast box, all the places we live, you listen to podcasts, find us at Toast, leave a five-star about a beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Love Bye. Ya. Bye.